Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp. We've also got our producer, Nick Schwert. Guys, how we feeling? We've got a big primetime game coming up tomorrow night. The Chiefs' first primetime game. Going to be one of the biggest tests of the season. What is our excitement level? How are we feeling? Well, I mean, it is probably one of the single biggest games of the entire NFL calendar. So excited. <laughs> I mean, is Herbert that versus Mahomes. In week two, can we already yes. call it one of the biggest games of the entire season? It's Thursday night football, so it's standalone. It's yep. the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's an arrowhead. So, like, and weirdly enough, like, you know, that's not just like the homerism talking about here. If the game was in LA, it's got a little less juice, man. Nobody cares about games played in LA ever Can't unless confirm. they're a Super Bowl. And so, yeah, Kayla, you're from, does anyone care? You ever just sit around people <laughs> like, hey, you going to the game today? Like, no. They're, if they're talking about that, they're going to a Lakers game. They're not going to the Chargers game. Like, if they're asking, are you going to the game today? You are either going to see the Lakers, maybe the Clippers, and literally no one else. They're certainly not talking about a Kings. Eh, I don't know. It depends. Kayla, you like the Kings. I like, I like the, the Kings. <laughs> I like the NHL. But well, as far as, yeah, as far as the NFL goes, Rams have a decent fan base just because they were there before. But the Chargers, most of the time, from what I've seen last season, the away team has the bigger crowd. Not saying, just saying. Yeah. So yeah, Nick, I think it's more than fair to say kind of going into this one. Well, and also seeing the way that 90% of NFL teams slept walk through the first week of the season and seeing both the chargers and the chiefs looking really good on offense makes this game feel a little bit bigger, which is probably recency bias, but also we expected both these teams to be good. So maybe it's just kind of confirming what we already suspected. Nick, what a great segue into our first topic of discussion, and that is, should we just never doubt Mahomes again? I'm going with, no, we shouldn't. But it feels like a safe bet on the surface. <laughs> well, I mean, it does feel like, um, I mean, you're more likely to be right, I would think, in that scenario than not. I, I can't help but think, like, I go back to that AFC title game. I was like, was he body snatched? Was it a Freaky Friday situation? Because when you watch him again in week one and he goes for 360 yards and five touchdowns and no picks and you look at the entirety of his career, you really have to question in what world or what capacity did we ever, like did that ever happen? So no, I, I don't doubt him. Like if they lose this game to the Chargers on Thursday, I have a hard time imagining that I will think that it was Patrick Mahomes' fault. I think that that's really the key to this. There's only only one game where really I would put more blame on him than some other version of the thing that was happening on the field. That was probably the AFC title game because he mattered more in the second half than the defense did cost him the game. I don't think you, you guys were necessarily on the same page as me entering the season. Not that I thought the Chiefs would be bad or that Mahomes would be bad, but I expected there to be growing pains with this offense. And I wasn't expecting them to look like that against Arizona, which was near perfection. Like that was peak Mahomes. We've seen it a handful of times in his career. That was as good as any performance we've seen from him and the Chiefs offense in general. So I kind of left that game being mad at myself for expecting it to look any different. And maybe I was buying into the idea that taking Tyreek Hill out of this offense was going to cheat them in such a fundamental way that would be tough to get past. But if there was any way for them to stave off suspicion that this year might be different in one game, like that was the way you did it. Three didn't even take them a full game. Took them three quarters. Well, and I guess, 
Like, I understand the Chargers are the biggest challenger to the Chiefs and Mahomes. I'm not foolish to think that. Look, I got to watch the Broncos game on Monday night where Nathaniel Hackett's making some pretty bad decisions to cost them a football game. And honestly, Nathaniel Hackett should be able to make 100 bad decisions and they should still be able to beat Seattle. And then I, you know, and then you watch the Raiders who got beat, I thought, fairly easily by the Chargers. I know technically the Chargers let him back in the game for a little bit, but the Chargers were definitively the better team. So I know going into this game, the Chiefs' single biggest competitor for the division this year is the Chargers. It makes me feel like this game could end up being decided, like who wins the division. I don't think it's deciding right now, but it might very well end up being the one-game difference that there's a decision one way or the other. Like, I just think that, that, you know, that's why when you're saying, are they the biggest competition, Kayla? Of course they are. They're the best team. They have the best quarterback. And hell, they might have the second best coach in the division, absent the Chiefs, right? Chiefs' best quarterback, best coach. The Chargers have the second best quarterback and probably the second best coach based on everything I've seen from Hackett in a game and and what I know from McDaniel's history. Yeah, and just going back to the Mahomes thing, I don't know what it was about the beginning of last season. I think he had, honestly, PTSD from Super Bowl 55. He just did not look comfortable. And this year he just came out right at the gate looking so confident, so comfortable in the pocket. He had so much time. We didn't see the scrambling Mahomes that we like to that we see a lot of the time, True. which he can totally do that too. He he can play both roles, but he just seemed a lot more comfortable and at ease. And I think honestly, all the offseason offense question mark chatter has just added fuel to his fire. And guys, I'm just gonna grab my popcorn and uh just get ready for the show because he is on a different level this season already. And yes, this will be the biggest challenge I think aside from the bills. Um, but I have all the confidence and faith in Pat right now. When you it's, it's, it's easy in this situation because you know, anytime we're talking about like the confidence and should we ever doubt Mahomes again? Uh, you know, mostly we're comparing that against elite quarterbacks. So if these two people are going to, face each other regularly. And in this case, because they're in the division, uh, face each other twice a year for probably at least a decade. Like, no, I don't have any, I don't lose any faith in Mahomes because he's good in those games. He is one of the most, I don't know. I, it's like the, the rare combination of uh, he's shown a severe, you know, like a supreme clutch ability, right? In, in mm-hmm. key moments, he makes incredible plays. He beats big quarter. He like he shows up in big games. He beats big quarterbacks in big games. He has no issues with like the regular part. He's not just like a stat monster. Like a Kirk Cousins has put up good stats his entire career, but never won anything important. Like I don't know how we could ever doubt him anyway. Do you, I mean how many quarterbacks because do you, know go to when you doubt him straight? You doubt him because like I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I remember life before Mahomes. Yeah, and you you see all over the league. A guy will have a good month, a good month and a half, and everybody's kind of ready to anoint him. Is this guy a top five quarterback? Is this guy changing the game? And historically speaking, those guys almost always regress. And if you stick around long enough, you'll almost always see them go back to the point where, okay, maybe there are a few holes in your resume. There are a few flaws in your game. There's ways that defenses can slow you down. There's part of me that keeps waiting for that to happen to Mahomes. And and maybe that game against Cincinnati is sticking in my brain where I thought, okay, maybe this will stick around for this season. But after that game against Arizona, like, I don't know. I still don't know exactly what this offense is going to look like this year because I don't know how much they really had to show against the Cardinals. Not much. But I expect it to be a top five offense in the league once again. And it's he's that rare guy where immediately showed you that he was special, 
and has only shown you little pockets of maybe not living up to those expectations. But 99% of the time, he's still that dude. I think with, I don't know, probably any, but there's never give any doubt. Like he's never once, there's been like, oh, wow, two games. Mahomes doesn't look quite right. And then he'll go and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Like I, I have a hard time. One of the things we, we discuss a lot um, just with friends or other shows or whatever is this notion that like with Mahomes is, are they a player that is fits within the normal confines of everything? And then there's a couple of players in the league that are exceptions to the rule, no matter the position. So running back is that right? You'd be like, wow, is Jonathan Taylor? Like Derrick Henry has been largely an exception to the rule. Derrick Henry's legs should have fallen apart. He should have been out of the NFL already based on normal running back standards or Adrian Peterson, right? When he played for 15 years, you're like, well, running backs aren't supposed to play that long. That defies logic. Mahomes is that. Anytime I think about doubting him or those things, he does things that don't, he has from the beginning. In his first full year as a starter, he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and went to an AFC title game. In his second full year as a starter, he won the Super Bowl. He's gone to four straight AFC title games. He's only been a starter in the NFL for four years. So half of his career has spent being playing in Super Bowl games. His entire career has never seen him anywhere short of an AFC title game. And he averages 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns every year. So no other quarterback has ever had that kind of start to the history of their career. And if there was going to be a downside, Nick, yeah, it was going to be this year. It was going to be after they lost their Hall of Fame wide receiver. Because that's what, don't, don't be confused. That's what Tyreek Hill will be at the end. He will sit in Canton. He will have a bronze sculpture made of him. He will be in the Hall of Fame. And they let him go and seemingly skipped zero beats. Kayla, I know we talked about your tweet, but I mean, that's it. It's like, <laughs> he's gone. And are you like, wait, not only did you look good, you looked better. That's not, that's not right. You lost a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers lost his Hall of Fame wide receiver. and He looked like garbage. This is what I don't understand is all of these preseason chit chat analysts who just doubt him and have, I'm like, do you even watch football? They, he's not even in the MVP conversation. Everyone's high on Herbert. Everyone's high on Allen. You know, why, why do people want to doubt him when he literally proves people wrong game after game after game? I don't well, understand that. What's interesting about this game is, is that the person who can cast way more doubt is Herbert. Herbert doesn't always win big games. He puts up incredible stats. He's an incredible quarterback. He makes incredible throws. Despite that, they've never been in a postseason game. They've won a couple of big games. They beat the Chiefs last year in September, but it's not consistent. They lose games. They have no business losing, like you mentioned with Denver, Nick. They, you know, there's, there's always problems, consistent problems when it comes to that. So to me, it's in this game, if Mahomes struggles and Herbert wins this one time, I'll think nothing less of Mahomes. If Herbert, once again, can't continue to get over these hurdles or continue to push themselves forward or are now already a game back in the division, then yeah, I mean, I'll question him way more than I ever do Mahomes after this game. I don't question either. They're the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Are we at all worried about that wrist? I know he says he's good to go. It's a little sore. It's not sore today. We're good with that? Yeah, I'm fine. I, he told me it's 100%. Well, he didn't say 100%, but he said yesterday he said it hurt. And then on Tuesday he said it hurt less. It feels good. So at this point, no. I'm much more concerned about what they're going to do without Trent McDuffie for a month, which we can get to a little bit later. But, I, you know, I from a Holmes perspective, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about it. What, where are we at with uh, Juju? 
we saw a good debut by him. What do you think is going to happen in a primetime Thursday night game? His first at Arrowhead, by the way. Keep that ball high and tight, man. That's my only fumble. Yeah. And he almost had two. The the first fumble went out of bounds, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, maybe he – hopefully he just got those out of the way. Hopefully that's like a Kareem Hunt where he fumbles in his first game and then goes on to have an all-pro season. That would be ideal. Well, I mean, he was their best receiver. There was like, it was funny because like once you get the NFL, you can stop like making your little guesses about who you think is better and we can kick around Isaiah Pacheco talk or all those things. You watch that game on Sunday. There's some fairly obvious things. Clyde Edwards-Alaire went healthy is their best running back. Juju Smith-Schuster went healthy is their best wide receiver. Like, and it's not close. It's not to knock McColl or MVS. One guy looks like a guy who is handled the responsibility of a number one wide receiver for a playoff contending team. And the other guys look like guys who help those kind of players. <laughs> They're good players. They're part of championship rosters. Hell, some of them have been in either Kansas City or championship level rosters in Green Bay, even if they didn't win it. But with Juju Smith-Schuster, I, I feel great. Uh, he's going to have a much tougher challenge with the secondary of the Chargers than whoever the Cardinals were rolling out of there. But I would think if I'm the Chargers, they're probably going to focus on Kelsey first and then clearly Juju second, right? That feels like the most logical step. I agree with you. I think Juju's clearly the number one. Usually when I get like one of my pet peeves is when people say, and it's not close, but in this case, I think it actually does apply. He's clearly this team's number one. I'm that I'm person, sure. Nick. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, I <laughs> use it. I use it too. I'm always, whenever I have an opinion upon something, I'm just like, oh, and it's not close. Right. And it's like, well, it might be close. Let's have a conversation about it. There's no conversation about who the Chiefs' number one is. I wonder what his ceiling is in this offense. We saw what the ceiling for a number one receiver was year after year with Tyreek Hill, which is putting up, at least statistically, as good a numbers as anybody in the NFL. Do we have to rein that ceiling in? Six catches, 79 yards in a game where they didn't even need him in the fourth quarter. What statistically do you think is sort of the cap for Juju this year? I I, I wouldn't pencil him in for a 1,000 before the year. After that game, it seems slightly more plausible, right? I mean, he's on pace for 1,400 yards, so I, I don't think it's insane to think that that's inside of his number again. But I still think the cap's like 1,100 yards, isn't it? Like, I mean, in what well, world I, am I supposed to assume that it's more than that? I made the bet over 1,000, so I'm sticking with that. I'm locked into okay. that at this point. But do you think it can be more than a thousand, Kayla? Do you think it could be 1,200, 1,300, 14? Like, can he be what Tyreek Hill was last year, which is a 1,300 yard receiver, 1,250 yard receiver? Because a thousand yards doesn't mean what it used to anyway. Kayla, I'm actually going to set this one up for you because remember okay. last year with the way Chiefs, you know, their opponents started playing them defensively and they had to take more of the short passing game stuff under. Tyreek became possession. You in the last episode questioned or we we referenced your tweet in which you said that maybe this offense could be better without Tyreek Hill. So that is what it's so yes. facto Tyreek Hill system wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to Tyreek Hill numbers this year in Kansas City. Plug and play. So you're just telling her to say that. You're not saying it, Nick. You're just saying, yeah, Kayla, right. if you want to, if right. you like that way, opinion. I can't. That way, I can't be held responsible for the take. So I'm just attributing it to you, Kayla. Nick, you just want another clip for social media. It's probably on blast. <laughs> I'll say it. I mean, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying going that far. I don't know that he's going to put up Tyreek numbers. I do think he's going to hit the thousand mark. I'll say that. 
just because we're using so many other offensive guys and they just relied so heavily on Hill in the past. It was like Hill and Kelsey and Clyde here and there. Do you guys think Juju is better than any wide receiver not named Tyreek Hill that Patrick Mahomes has had? Oh, yes. So he's better than Sammy Watkins. Yes. Sammy Watkins Watkins. best year was he was a thousand yard guy. Juju Smith-Schuster at his peak powers. Look, he's had injury stuff too. Was a 1400 yard wide receiver. AJ Brown helped or AJ. uh, Wait, is it not AJ Brown? Now I'm thinking of the Eagles game over. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown uh, obviously helped that right when he had to do it. But Juju seemed, he honestly seemed legitimately rejuvenated from being with a real quarterback again. It was a reminder that he's good. His quarterback in Pittsburgh stuck. Like that was, and I didn't know for sure if that was the case because with any, anytime like there's a wide receiver with another team, you're like, all right, are they really this good? Or is there, or is there just nobody else to throw to? Or are they really this bad? Or is there no one to throw them the ball, right? It's like the Allen, we'll call it the Allen Robinson vortex. Was Allen Robinson really good in Jacksonville, in Chicago, or was there simply no one else to catch the ball in either of those places? So their entire offenses, which were bad in all of those years, just ran through that one guy. We don't know yet because we'll find out with Stafford and all that stuff in L.A. and a very innovative offensive coach in Sean McVay. But that's what I was with Juju. I'm like, okay, so he had one really good year when Ben Roethlisberger was still throwing for 40 touchdowns. Is he actually good or was he helped because Antonio Brown was taking all the heat off of him? Is he actually good? Or was he just a young player we got excited about? Because he hasn't been good in a while. And that first game was like, no, nope, he's really he's still good. He runs good routes. He gets well, he's open. 6'1. He gets separation. He's big. 6'1, big, strong, fast. Um, I don't think he's putting up Tyreek numbers, but it wouldn't shock me if he has 1,200 yards this year. He's clearly going to be the number one, like in, in most of Mahomes' progressions in terms of wide receivers. He's going to get a lot of looks. This team's going to pass the ball a lot. They're going to score a lot. I I wouldn't be shocked if he has another Pro Bowl season this year. I always have this analogy from dance that relates to football. I don't know if you guys, going back, we're just going to talk about dance, I guess, every episode. Going back to... Let's talk about Stomp the Yard this time. I want to talk about a different (laughs) dance movie. Well, okay. Are you familiar with the show So You Think You Can Dance? Of course. Uh, Yes. Really? Okay, great. Um, Well, it used to be one of my favorite shows. And anytime there was like this amazing dance that would always just go viral. It was because it was the two best dancers to go together. Not necessarily the best dancers, but the two that worked well together, the best choreography and the right song. And when you combine those three things, you had magic. So I think that you can put any player into any situation when it's the right coach, the right offense, and then they're a good talent and you can have magic. So I think with Mahomes, with Reed, Juju in this offense, sky's the limit. I look, I don't love that analogy. I, uh, <laughs> I, with, with, uh, with Juju, the way we're talking about, like, well, Antonio Brown helped him. Well, he still has Kelsey. So even if he does need a number one guy next to him, it's not like he doesn't have that here. Travis Kelsey's pretty good. So it turns out, um, we had Tony Gonzalez on our show on Monday and it was just like, yeah, he's great. Um, like, there's no other words. I'm like, hey, can he be good forever? He's like, I was good till I was 38. I was like, yeah, good point, Tony. Not here to argue that Travis Kelsey is going to go the opposite direction. I would Juju. It's I. I just wanted to like have realistic expectations for him. We all have some player that we take to unrealistic expectations going into the year, and this year for Chiefs fans, it was two players. 
It was either Juju Smith-Schuster or George Karloftis. People were either convinced Juju Smith-Schuster was going to be a 1,300-yard wide receiver or George Karloftis was going to have 10 sacks. And from one game, you're like, they're pretty good. I don't know that I'm counting on 10 sacks or 1,300 yards yet, but they both looked the part, which certainly doesn't hurt when you're talking about their Super Bowl aspirations.